It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 372 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, August 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you are checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, not just NBA. Of course, we have all 30 NBA teams covered for you. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, which is rolling really well right now with uh, team previews with all the different hosts from across the network. I'll be on next week with the Raptors preview on Locked On Fantasy with Josh. And, of course, Locked On NBA is still running daily with hosts from across the network providing uh, you know their own takes on the league on a daily basis. And, uh, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL shows as well. The NFL season is getting close. If you have a team you're interested in, if you have a storyline you're interested in, if you want to hear about Aaron Rodgers' new big-ass contract, go check out Locked On Packers and uh, get all the information you need there. And we also have a college network not, uh, launching as well. We have a whole bunch of teams covered so far. we got Locked On Kentucky, Locked On Baylor, Locked On... Uh, just so many schools you can't even count. So make sure you're checking out those schools. If you are a fan of a certain college... Make sure you're checking out the corresponding show on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Locked On NFL as well is daily. And we have Matt Williamson hosting that show with a lot of great guests, including Mike Sando from ESPN on Thursdays. we got Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback and now analyst on the shows, I believe, on Wednesdays too. So, so much great stuff happening across the network. So make sure you are checking out all the different shows for whatever sports you're into, whatever teams you want to be following. It's your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, all right, on today's show, I am joined by Chris Manning, our old pal from Locked On Cavs. Obviously, a bit of a different context for our from our usual chats, where we talk about how the you know the Raptors and Cavs used to stack up. Not so much a question anymore, but on this show, we sort of did a bit of August content, I suppose, and we went through the Eastern Conference teams and kind of power ranked how interested we are in them. Uh, it was a pretty fun exercise. We made it into a two-part podcast as well because we went pretty long. So I'll get to the first part here with myself and Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs. Please make sure you're following myself on Twitter at WoodleySean. Follow Chris at CWMWrites for all of his content as well. Does a great job covering the Cavs, and he should have a chance to do some pretty cool stuff covering the Cavs this year now that they're bad and don't have LeBron hanging around the team anymore. Should be a good way for, uh, you know, for some different guys in that team to kind of shine a little bit. And Chris will be doing a very good job of making that happen. So make sure you're checking out Chris's show and his podcast and his, you know, writing on Fear the Sword, all the stuff that Chris does so well. Uh, All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs about the most interesting teams and least interesting teams in the Eastern Conference out of the 2018-19 season. Enjoy Enjoy the conversation and part two will come out on Friday. Hey, it's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors. And it's Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers. We are here today uh, to break up the long, long summer with some uh, very summery content. Chris, um, first of all, how are you, man? It's been a while since we touched base. 
Yeah, you know, I'm doing good. Um, it's been a, a slow summer. You know, it's been, uh, it feels like LeBron got this out of the way pretty quick, and we're just waiting on very trivial things at this point from a Cavs perspective. Mm. We just need to know, like, what David Nawab is making because he's, like, <laughs> signed with the team, but no one knows what he's getting paid. And, like, Rodney Hood is all he's done this summer is basically, like, tell people on Instagram that teams are, in fact, interested in him. So <laughs> that's where we're at right now in, in Cleveland. How are, how are things up? in toronto right now uh, you know pretty chill nothing happened at all it was uh very relaxing and not at all a lot of josh donaldson tweets from you i see yeah it's a lot of for me it's a lot of tweets now about like being hot all the time and uh baseball and vlad jr and also Kawhi leonard plays for the raptors now so that's cool um <laughs> well, well i guess well i mean i people who listen to my podcast will have known that I've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't know how much I want to go into it. But, yeah, it's very interesting. There's lots of different angles. Some of them are more tired and not as interesting as others. Um, but, yeah, it should be really cool. You're talking about David Nawaba. Is the, is he like the new KJ McDaniels where everyone thinks he's good because he had like a good run with a bad team for a little bit but is actually not that good? You know, I... I, th- I think he's actually okay. Uh, he, the the shooting thing is concerning, but like I, I think like there's something interesting there, and just because defensively he's good and he cuts really well and just kind of plays hard. But um, KJ McDaniel's just could like dunk, but he didn't like do actually anything well. At least David Nwaba like does something well. You know, okay. he's sort of like you know, like Trevion Graham is sort of just like solid and fine, but and like does something good and maybe could get better. Maybe there's like a cap on that, but I I'm ready. I'm like in a post LeBron world. I'm like ready to like overthink David Nwaba's three point shooting. Like I'm very ready to like <laughs> just crank out like a thousand words on it and be like, oh right, I did not probably need to spend this much time for like the eighty people that actually care about this. But it's a fun reality. <laughs> it is the beauty of covering a not very good team is you get to go weird deep on weird dudes and like I mean. People will, uh, maybe by the time they hear this, they might have the first of a thing that I'm doing. I'll spoil it now. I'm ranking all 218 players to have played for the Raptors. It has been a uh, arduous process trying to rank them because about 150 of them suck ass. And uh, there's a whole lot of David Nwaba-like players in there and probably worse. So that you, you'll get you'll come to enjoy it. I mean, the Cavs have had downtimes for sure, but like they've been mostly relevant for the last decade and a half. So... I uh, it, it'll be a different but interesting year for you, I think. Trevion Graham, that, the Nets signed him, right? The, like that's when the Nets signed a dude, and everyone went crazy because Sean Marks is a genius, even though it's just Trevion Graham, right? Yes. Okay. And he, uh, the Cavs were interested in him, and then they ended up with David Nwabu, who like uh, I'm pretty sure people would just be like, oh, that's some guy I, I've sort of heard of, maybe. <laughs> um, like that 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 was like where we were at in the off season. But yes, yeah, Sean Marks, uh, the the new wizard of the nba uh, based on anybody he signs gm brad stevens (laughs) god Uh, we couldn't go five minutes without a celtic joke this is like very on on brand for us like the the league may be seismically different from the last time we talked (laughs) uh you know like like demar Derozan's relationship with the city with the franchise uh, in toronto is now completely different than when we talked last (laughs) time but uh 
we can still we can still get off Celtics jokes within five minutes. That means we're in like that means we're doing we're both pretty healthy. I think. Yeah, it, honestly, this is uh, maybe a bit of a sentimental podcast because I don't know when we're gonna really talk ever again because the Cavs are so irrelevant. The Raptors are this fancy new uh, glamour team with Kawhi Leonard. This might be the last time we ever talk because our podcasts were usually just like. All right, the Cavs and Raptors are both good. How do they stack up? We'll have to get creative with how our, our podcasts intertwine, um, which I think is what we're doing on today's show, I think. We are uh, helping to fill the content void. We're going to go through the Eastern Conference teams and not necessarily rank them by like where they're going to finish in the standings, but more just sort of like power rank how interesting they are to us. And we'll just kind of go through, we'll talk about it, we'll figure out where we think they're going to finish, at least a range. It's probably a little bit early for, like, dead-on predictions. And also, predictions are kind of boring in, in comparison to just, like, larger conversations. So, uh, are you ready to dive into the power rankings here? Do you want to go from, like, the least interesting to the most interesting? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll kick this off. I, I have one team that I am just objectively not interested in watching this year. That's the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah, no, bad take, bad take. Look, we'll get into this, and, like, there are other teams in the East that I, like, thought about putting, uh, like, low, and, like, I like Mo Bamba, I like the idea of Mo Bamba, I like the idea of Aaron Gordon, I, like, like the idea of Jonathan Isaac from what we saw last year, I know you love Terrence Ross. Goddamn right. And, like, yes, this team has most spades, but I, like, look at this roster, like, doesn't have, like, a real point guard has, like, a lot of, like, really athletic guys that aren't maybe good at anything yet, and I'm just like, oh, okay, that's what this team is, I guess, and, like, most Spates is on this team, weirdly, and uh, I I just, I have no idea um, what the, what this team is going to be. I just, like, I just, like, I they might not be the worst team. I would not, I'd be, Atlanta's clearly, I think, going to be the worst team in this conference. That, that's where I feel right now, but... Um, I just like to look at Orlando and like I think that's just like a mess of a roster that I like that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I get that. I do feel bad that Mo Bamba is gonna be like looking for passes and never receiving them ever because DJ Augustine is uh is the starting point guard for this team. Speaking of DJ Augustine and my ranking of all two hundred and eighteen Raptors, DJ Augustine fares out uh, pretty ter- pretty terribly. In that ranking, uh, check to see probably in like the second or third post in which you'll find him just deeply entrenched in the 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 bottom I don't know bottom sixth of all time Raptors, which is not a what place you want to be. Uh, but I digress. Yeah, no, like yeah, this is not a very it's a very weird roster. It's like if you just looking at the depth chart on ESPN. First of all, most Bates is uh, playing in China now, so. That's a little bit less interesting. I, f- I mean, if you're a most Bates person, then that's less interesting. I'm not sure he's all that interesting at this point. But um, so they, they have like a million centers, power forwards, and small forwards, and just four guards in DJ Augustine, Jerry and Grant, who is terrible, Evan Fournier, and Wesley Awundu, who's like whatever. I guess you could throw Terrence Ross in as a shooting guard. He can really play any position, he can do whatever, the, whatever he wants. The world is Terrence Ross's oyster, but um, it is a very like big, heavy roster. And like they're going to play a lot of Nick Vucevic, which is probably less interesting than playing Mo Bamba a whole bunch. Timo Mozgov's on this team. I didn't realize that. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'm just interested in like the way that you're interested in looking at a car accident on the highway. You know what I mean? Like It's not going to be good, but it'll be like a fun type of bad. The only Magic content I want is like a live stream of Timothy Mozgov walking around Magic Kingdom and the, and the various <laughs> Disney parks. 
I want and like I want nothing else. I just want like Timo hanging out at Disney. That's all I really want out of the magic. Like the other stuff and like Jonathan Isaac will be cool and Mo Bamba will be cool, but like I really just like Timo Mozgov taking his kids around Magic Kingdom. Yeah. There really is That's only all. like one iteration of a magic lineup that I'll definitely be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go watch that. And that's like, I mean, I guess Augustine at point guard, and then you throw Ross at the two because I love my boy Terrence Ross. You throw Aaron Gordon at the three because we're still making that happen. Jonathan Isaac at the four, and then Mo Bamba at center. And I'm like, that could be kind of fun. That could be good defensively. He probably won't score any points whatsoever, but there's like interesting jumpy dudes out there. Yeah, the Magic aren't very interesting. I'm rethinking my thought. I don't think they're they're the 15th most interesting team in the East. I think they're more like 12th or 13th, but... I, I totally understand where you're coming from. My least interesting team is the Atlanta Hawks, you just mentioned. I just do not care about the Atlanta Hawks. I'm already tired of Trey Young. Like, it's nothing against Trey Young. It's just he's one of these guys who people who follow college sports, which I'm not one of those people, just like fixate on and talk about to death, where it's just be, it's like Tim Tebow almost. Obviously, I don't think Trey Young is going to be as bad as Tim Tebow was at his sport, but. I just, like, I'm already uninterested because he's talked about so much, if that makes any sense at all. No, I think it does. I I am a little, they're not, they're my number, it would be around 13 for me. Um, I, I get that. I, I am intrigued to see sort of how they they try to progress in this year. And yes, they're going to be really bad. Yes, they're, like, going to be problematic. But, like, I want to see, like, what John Collins does in year two. I want to see what... Uh, what Trey Young does, I mean, I, I am not a big college sport person either. I don't want. I've watched very little college basketball, basically the bare minimum. But I want. I want to just see like what he is as a pro because I think he there. He's going to be. He's going to. If you watch him closely, I get the the perception from draft nicks that are that are smarter than me mm-hmm. that he's going to like change sort of the perception of like what he is. He's obviously a very good shooter. That's what he's going to be known for. But he's like regardless, a very good passer. And I, I want to see how that works with John Collins. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I and also just like Vince Carter's on this team. Um, at age 41, and I, if he throws down like just some random dunk, I really just like don't want to miss it. Like any team that has like Vince Carter <laughs> and or Richard Jefferson on it for like random old man dunk potential, that that team just gets a little bump in my book. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I'm kind of resentful that Vince Carter keeps going to these dog shit teams because I'd rather he just go somewhere where he can be like a fun bench hand on a good team and like actually have a chance to win. Would he be welcome back in Toronto? Would that oh, yeah. be cool? Yeah, it's all been it's all good now. He had the game a few years ago when he came with Memphis and he got a big standing O and a tribute and stuff and that kind of seemed like the bearing of the hatchet and the Carter effect is out now. It's kind of like the closing of the book on the whole thing even though I have some real problems with the Carter effect. I'll maybe do a podcast about the Carter effect even though it's a year old now and probably not all that, not all that relevant, but um, yeah, the the Documentary is not that August. well done. You do what you want. September, August, do what you want. Yeah, it's not like the most well done doc in the world, and it's very much like about the brands. But um, I, I just wish Vince had gone. Yeah, he could have come to the Raptors. Like I would have preferred him than Greg Monroe, to be honest. Even though the Raptors have a million wings, like I would have rather have that kind of. Or even I think the Raptors still have a, like a rock roster spot. Bring in Vince for that roster spot. I don't care. He's not going to play. 
If he understands he's not going to play, then cool. I mean, I guess he wants to play, which is why he keeps going to the Kings and the Hawks and all these crap teams. But just come on, Vince. Get yourself a title, buddy. and uh, Or at least like a nice playoff run where you can maybe be a factor in a game or two. Just not on this stupid Hawks team because, yeah. God, they're just so inter- – like I, John Collins – Cool. I don't really. I'm not all that compelled by John Collins, to be honest. I just I, he he his rebounds good. Okay. Um, Torian Prince, I guess, was like their best player last year. Is that fair to say? May, I yeah maybe Ooh. Brad Rowan would like know better. Um, but yeah. that, that seems like a, this is like spending a lot of time on like Cardiff or something. If we we're talking about the Premier <laughs> League, um, so, let's say so. I will say the Hawks would be my number fourteen. I'm going to put okay. them second to last because they're going to be objectively just really bad. Okay, yeah. So who who would be your number fourteen? Uh, the Nets. I don't care about the Nets at all. That's a very anti NBA Twitter take to have, but I just don't give a damn about this team. No, I think they're my they they're my number thirteen, and yeah. I I like I appreciate what they're doing. Let me say this with a caveat: like I appreciate like what they're doing and like the way they have built out of a like completely ab- abomination right like you get you you know joe harris back on a on a cheap deal makes a lot of sense like they have a lot of culture guys like they have they play hard like uh, maybe kenneth three will be decent for them this year you know uh maybe like what did, i like karis lavert i like i d'angelo russell like even though he's maybe not that good kind of just fascinates me a little bit they've ed davis and ed davis is like a very very solid i do player. love ed davis that's true yeah shout out to ed davis but like I just can't imagine this. This team's gonna play hard, and I can't imagine this team isn't much more than what they were last year, which is like that annoying, really team that plays really hard and plays really smart and is in games even though they're really not that good. And that is just like very possible to me that uh, that is all they are, and there, there's something just limiting and interesting they are. I will probably enjoy watching them because they will probably like play harder than like the Kings or the the Hawks and things like that. But there's a limit on what they are. And I just feel like there aren't that many interesting outcomes for them. And that's sort of, like, my problem with the Nets. Yeah, and I just think there's no interesting players that, like, you tune into a game to watch. Like, even, like, the Kings. They have some, like, Buddy Heald's kind of fun. And who'd they draft this year? They drafted somebody. I don't know. God. Oh, uh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, Mar- so, like, Marvin Bagley would be kind of interesting. He probably has higher upside than anyone on the, the Nets right now. Like, they're just kind of just, like, a bunch of dudes, like who I think at best grayed out as, like, nice role players on the next good Nets team. And, like, maybe Jarrett Allen will be better than that. Maybe Karis LeVert can be better than that. But I'm not really investing all that much time in watching those two grow. I, I think if it happens, cool. Good for the Nets. Talk to me when they have, like, a real first-round pick and they can get a real player. And uh, that's kind of the end of my take on the Nets. Like, they're just... I know they're the sexy NBA Twitter team that everyone loves because they shoot 43s a game, but they also only hit, like, 10 of those a game, so I don't really care. Um, who's your 13 team? Oh, the, the Nets are your 13th uh, team. Num- yeah, it'd be the Nets, right. So who would okay. be your number 13? My number 13, it's probably the Hornets, even though I think they'll finish much higher than 13. Like, this isn't the standings thing. I just don't care about the Hornets. I I like Kemba Walker. I think he maybe is a little bit overrated in terms of his overall impact on winning. I think he's a very talented player, but like at some point something has to like there has to be some point of blame for why the Hornets always underperform their rec- like their Pythagorean record or whatever. And I'm not sure if it's Kemba, but like I'm not certain it's not Kemba. He's good, he's efficient, I suppose, but he I don't know, they're not very good in clutch times. Uh, I feel bad talking about Kemba like this because it's probably not his fault. It's just a, like a bad roster with a bunch of bad white centers. But 
they, they, I don't know. They just... I'm just so mad on the Hornets, and they should be so much more than that. They seemed like they were kind of onto something a couple years ago, and then it all kind of fell apart. And maybe Steve Clifford leaving is all they need, and maybe he'll go, you know, infect the Magic with an inability to win close games. Maybe that's all it was, but I just... The Hornets are... They got they owe so much money to a bunch of dudes who are just kind of fine. Like, good job, you got off of Dwight's money, but, like, I don't know, are you expecting Nick Batum to really have a big bounce back from last season when he wasn't even particularly, like, hurt? He was just, like, not very good. And you have Marvin Williams, like, still doing his thing. I still don't buy Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I really like the Miles Bridges pick for them, and I hope that he can kind of become kind of good, but, like... I don't know. They're they're just a, a whole like a lot like the Nets. Just no one on their team really interests me all that much. Yeah, I, I think it'll. I number one, I, they're they're number number twelve. So like we're kind of just knocking these off in similar order because we're a hive mind. But like what <laughs> what stands out to me as interesting about them, and at least that maybe puts them above other teams for me, is number one. They're, they have a new coach. They have this coach uh, James Borengo, I believe it comes from the Spurs background. That is interesting. Yeah. It's going to be very, very weird to see Tony Parker in another jersey. Yeah. And, like, there's shock value in that that I just, like, will probably take 10, 11 games of watching them to, to sort of get used to. But you're right. Like, what about this team basketball-wise actually is interesting. As the system and in, in how Kemba fits into that and how maybe he gets unlocked in some way will be interesting. You know, if they go, things go really bad there, do they try to do a bunch of trades and things like that? Like, that to me is, like, sort of the most interesting thing. Like, do they trade Kemba somewhere at the deadline uh, in, in an effort to, like, get something in return as he goes into gets closer for agency? Like, that is in itself just an interesting question. And But everything else there is just kind of – it's all fine. The, the problem with the East is that, like, it's not just, like, very kind of soft at the bottom – and with some of the teams that are like even going to be maybe worse than Charlotte that we maybe find more interesting, uh, mm. they're just they're all just kind of like there. Like they don't really yeah. like the West for for all the the nuttiness that's going to go on out there. They are much the, the West is a much seems like the much more ambitious or at least smartly ambitious conference. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say on the Hornets. I I think they are blah. I hope Bismack Biombo. Uh, gets all of his money and i hope he's good if he's not i'm glad he got paid and uh it's funny that the hornets are paying him right now because uh they wouldn't do that back in the day the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, who's your number 12 least so they would, team? So Charlotte would be my number 12. Who okay. would be you? Who, we go back to you. Who is your number 12? My number 12, I think, is the Miami Heat, mostly because... Like, we know exactly what the Heat are, right? They're just like a very 500-y team that's going to overperform a little bit because they try really hard and are really well coached and have a lot of decent players who aren't particularly good. And then they're going to get their asses handed to them in the first round by a team that actually has star players. Like, that's just... I I feel like I can already predict how the Heat season is going to play out. So that's why they're probably... Like, they're better... They're going to make the playoffs and they're better than a lot of these teams, but... I just feel like I know them better than pretty much any team in the conference. Would you agree with that? 
I would agree with that. I, I look at Miami and I I have they're a little higher most, so we'll get to I'll, I won't spoil that. But yeah. for me, I, I agree. Like they are just what they are. Like this is a capped out team that didn't make any significant moves. Uh, they are they have a, the, basically their biggest thing that's coming back is getting uh, you know a year or two of Bam out of bio, and you're going to get a healthy Deion Waiters who was mm-hmm. very good at you know at the back end of the of that you know two years ago when they had that crazy run and he i believe was part of that group and he got paid as a result but then was hurt a lot last year so like you get those two guys back uh or you know a year or two of bam get Dion back do you get more progression you know just waiting to keep things up to you know just maybe has on white side is a little bit better this year and you know i there there will be we don't know what Dwayne wade's doing yet and Dwayne wade is not what he was but there is probably to me some uh, nostalgia in watching him maybe making one last run, and that will be there's it's it won't quite be like the for Dirk I guess and if these are their their last two years for both of them, but and they'll be a little different. But it'll be sort of interesting if this is the the last ride for Dwayne. What does that look like? What kind of situations does he get put in? You know what what, what kind of role does he play? That in itself this is the farewell for him if he isn't going to retire. Because um, again, it's August 29th. We don't know. That to me adds a little bit of intrigue that like some of these other teams that are similarly predictable don't really have. Right, right. I think a big part of the reason why I don't like the Heat is because Hassan Whiteside to me is like the least most enjoyable player to watch in the entire NBA. Hundred percent agree. He is. There's just <sighs> nothing about him that I'm like, yes. He's just like. It's like if a dude like one of those commercials where there's like a rain cloud just hanging over somebody because they have a cold. Like Hassan Whiteside always has a cold. It's just like it. He's just a bummer to watch, man. He's a bummer to watch. Like the the he doesn't like fit in with anyone else really on that roster in terms mm-hmm. of how they play. I'd rather them just like play Bam and Kelly Olynyk at the five, yeah, exclusively and be done with it. But like they're paying him a lot of money for some reason, and <laughs> like he basically has to play. But it doesn't like mesh with anything else that they do. So just it's just kind of weird. Yeah, it sucks that he's in the way of Bam because Bam is awesome. Even though I have ill will towards him because he hurt Fred VanVleet in the last game of the season last year with a probably illegal screen, but that's fine, no big deal. Um, Summer mixtape Bam has also just been a lot like the stuff he's been. You see like the highlight tapes of him like doing pull up threes and stuff. I'm yeah. just like yeah, give it, give me more Bam, please. Yeah. He had another game against the Raptors too last year where he absolutely torched them. So. I uh, as much as it's terrifying to go up against him, he's very awesome. And also Josh Richardson, man, like he's kind of slept on as a very good player. Like I feel like there are a lot of dudes like on the Nets who are bad and not as good as Josh Richardson who get less love. Like I think Karis LeVert gets as like as talked about as Josh Richardson, even though Josh Richardson's like very good and might be their best all-around player at this point. Maybe he got more love by the end of the season, but like he's good. But also like if Josh Richardson is your best player. I'm not particularly all that fascinated by your team. So I guess that's why I have them number 12. Who's your number 11? My number 11 um, is going to be the Detroit Pistons. Okay. Um, I I have, like, I, I, I sense that they might be a little bit different for you because, like, the Dwayne, Qua- the Dwayne Casey factor, I think, probably adds, like, some intrigue for you there. Um, but for me, I just feel like I sort of know what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, Dwayne is going to coach them really well. But, like, so much of their value and, like, potential is tied up in how healthy Blake is going to be and, like, how good Andre Drummond is. And I just feel like we sort of know how that plays out. Like, I feel like a team that is, like, banking on that Stanley Johnson progression that is, you know, like, banking on 
Blake Griffin being healthy, banking on Drummond, you know, hitting threes, which he said he could do or whatever. Like, that isn't super inspiring to me or something particularly interesting. Kyrie Thomas is interesting-ish based on the profile. Um, you know, I, I some people really like Luke Kennard. Some of what Luke Kennard did as a rookie, that's fine. I, I just look at this team and I'm just kind of like, okay. And I just feel like we, we know that, like, Blake's going to have an injury, miss 20 or so games, and... They're going to, like, be an eight seed. And um, the highlights, you know, the, put them above other teams and speaks to the quality of the East that they're sort of here. But I, I just don't really understand what's going to be super appealing about this team play. I'm super here for Jose Calderon still being in the NBA. But, yeah. But that's, like, but, like, that's not enough. Yeah, he's definitely taking Reggie Jackson's job pretty quickly, I think. And also Ish Smith. Made the Cavs better last year. I'm just saying. Yeah, because Jose Calderon's the goddamn truth. And no starting point guard has ever withstood his wrath. Um, like even Kyle Lowry didn't get didn't become a starter until Jose got traded. It's uh, he's undefeated. There have been so many point guards who he has just like cut down in their primes because he's Jose Calderon. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on the Pistons not being all that interesting. I think probably the Dwayne thing bumps them up my list a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like they're not going to be amazing. I also think they're going to just like fall into the playoffs because that's what's going to happen in the East. And I'm fully expecting a two-seven Raptors Pistons matchup. I have it written down somewhere. It's definitely happening, and it's going to be fun because we'll actually get to find out who is at fault for uh, all of the Raptors' woes in the playoffs. And I have a feeling the answer is going to be Demar Derozan. <laughs> so we won't actually see the. Uh, the, the the culprit in that series, but um, my number eleven. Oh God! Now we're there. All there's so many uninteresting teams. This is the problem. I think my number eleven is probably the Knicks. Even though I think the Knicks are going to be interesting in the next couple years, I just think without Chris Stapps for the first part of the year, I just they, they kind of lose a little bit of juice for me. What about you? I I have them slightly higher not, and it's basically because like what is Chris? What do they look like without Chris Stapps? And like I like Frankie Smokes like. Um, Kevin Knox was fun in summer league, and I want to see like what David Fisdale does with them. Like at least like I love, Fis- I really like Fisdale, and yeah. I want to see what he does um, with them. That that is, but that's like a fair pick because like Chris Stapps is the, the drawing attraction here, right? Like he is the like the reason to turn into Knicks games because that dude's a star. But like we have no idea when he's gonna play. Mm-hmm. He could come back and play like forty games, and that's it. But that's like forty games of like. Kevin Knox and Emmanuel Moutier and Frankie Smokes like brick jumps, brick jumpers, and like that's not fun, you know. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing like very particularly fun, fun about that. But you're right, like it is. A, we're in sort of the part of the conference where it's like just kind of a mess, and like I think the Knicks here is pretty reasonable. Oh crap! I uh, I have to change my ranking on the fly here and bump the Knicks up at least one spot because I forgot they have Mario Hazonia now. Mario Hazonia playing at MSG, that instantly makes them more interesting to me. So they're going to be my number 10. I'm going to make the Cavs my number 11. I'm sorry. I know you're a Cavs boy, but I'd like, I am interested to see how they like bounce back from losing LeBron, but also I kind of know what all these dudes are, and I just think it's going to be not a very good team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'd like to see them make the playoffs. I think that would be a cool story, but... I don't think they will. Colin Sexton might be interesting and like has like a crazy work ethic and is nuts and is a maniac, but I just uh, he's insane. Yeah, he, like literally, it's like listeners out there. I have a Q and A with him coming out in about two weeks. The dude eats Skittles before every game. 
That's uh. It's oh. like, and he's like, I just always, I just like gets my blood flowing. I'm like, okay, Colin, that's fine. That just um, make sure he doesn't become Dwight, where he only eats Skittles for every meal. Seems a little more intense than Dwight. <laughs> he does have like a, the opposite demeanor of Dwight. Oh yeah, God, we'll like, get to Dwight. Dwight. Dwight has never like sat like squatted down into a defensive stance and like glared at Josh Hart. So, <laughs> like, never has done that. Um. So we're at my number. Are we at my number nine now? No, we need your ten because I okay, had the so Knicks at. I move. I move them up to ten and have the Cavs eleven. Okay, so we'll talk more about the Cavs when I get there because like right, we'll that right. we'll focus a lot on the Cavs and Raptors because this is a Cavs and Raptors crossover. But my number ten is this is where I'd slot the Heat. This is just like they're they're fine. Like this is where they are. Yeah. Uh, I would then I would then slot just just your head. I would then slot. The, the Knicks at number nine. Okay. They would be at nine for me. Um, and that's just sort of just because, like, Fisdale and yada, yada, yada. But, like, if they, I will say this. If, if, I, if I knew Chris Stapps was going to play, like, 60-something games, I would bump them up above some of these other teams. That's fair. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Knicks would be kind of a sneaky playoff contender if Chris Stapps was there. Because I, I, I don't think it's a bad team, per se. Like, they don't have much a point guard, but, like... They at least have, like, maybe Moutier figures it out. Trey Burke was, like, kind of okay at the end of the season last year, and I don't really trust that to continue. But, like, they have decent players. Like, Courtney Lee's still there. He's always good. Frankie Smokes, like you said. Um, even, like, Lance Thomas is, like, a third string around this team. He's still kind of useful. Like, there are guys. It's just the point guard issue and not having Chris Stapps is why I they, they, they stay at 10 for me and don't move up to, like, 5 or 6 because I think they could if they were uh, with Chris, Chris Stapps for the whole season. My number nine, oh god, now we're into the real crap here. Um, <laughs> I guess let's go with maybe the Pacers. Is that a bad take? No, because like, like what did like they added? Like I think adding Tyreek is really interesting, and like Kalen Cooper wrote a really good piece in Indie Cornrows about this that like pushed them a little higher on my list actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I so much of their so much of their like interest to me this season depends on if they can just be what they were last year. Yeah, and like that yeah. means just like holding steady in terms of the numbers. It's like just don't terribly like, regress. Yeah, yeah. It's like Tottenham in the Premier League. It's like they literally like Spurs did nothing, and you're just like, well, you're banking on them like holding steady. And basically, aside from Tyreek and like I guess Kylo Quinn and Doug McDermott, baby. Oh, I forgot about Doug. That's fine. Twenty-two <laughs> million for Doug McDermott's like really, really wild. Yeah. Um. But like, but it's just like is Victor Oladipo, basically this whole season to me hinges hinges on two things for them. Like, is Victor Oladipo for real? Can he do that again? And like, what does Miles Turner look like? And everything else just sort of is like an ancillary question. Yeah. Um, actually, I think I'm gonna change where I have the Pacers. I'm not gonna put them quite at nine because I think uh, they are more interesting to me, and I want to watch them more because Lance Stevenson is not there, and I'm so sick of Lance Stevenson being glorified as some hero player i i just i'm so done with it i think for me probably that i would slot the i guess the bulls nine is that i have well, i have the I'm, bulls at eight and here okay like, yeah I, I i'll go bulls nine because then because like yeah. it's a weird group and like that that's like enough like they're gonna be really bad they're, they're not gonna be able to defend anybody Oh, they're gonna. Right. Their games are going to be extremely high scoring. Like if you're doing like daily fantasy, just pick Bulls games. They're gonna try to play Jabari Parker at the three, like that. That is like going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, like, feel really bad for Fred Hoiberg because this is, like, not, like, any roster he's had has, like, no real fit with, like, what he would, like, seemingly like to do based on his college career. Um, like, I like Wendell Carter. He was really interesting at Summer League. Like, but, like, you're going to be playing, like, Markinet was really interesting last year, and, like, they have campaign. But, like, this is, like, a weird roster, and, like, they're just going to score a lot and be terrible at defense, and... Like that, that, but that, like at least like the, there is like upside in like in Carter and Parker and Markin and in Zach Levine and what does he look like coming back from the ACL? That some of these teams I think below them, like even if this is a worse team than a lot of the teams we've already talked about, there's just like more interesting upside questions about this Bulls team than a lot. I think a lot of the other teams down like a, a, that we've talked about lower. Yeah, like I'm not convinced they're not going to make the playoffs. That's probably a little ambitious, but I think Laurie's really good. I think Wendell Carter has a chance to be kind of good right away, even though Robin Lopez is in front of him. But Robin Lopez is pretty good, and it's like a nice, steady player to have. And, like, I guess maybe this all hinges on Chris Dunn. Because if he's what he is last year, like, that's a nice player, but he's not really changing your life. If he can kind of step it up a little bit more, uh, just be, like, a bit more of, like, a sort of all-encompassing lead guard who can kind of carry the offense a little bit, maybe create a shot a little bit more. Maybe that kind of puts them over the edge as a team that can just hang in shootouts as opposed to a team that's going to lose a lot of shootouts. And maybe that gets them to like 36, 37 wins, and that's probably good enough for the eighth seed. Like, I don't think it's out of the question that they can make the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's a hot take? No, I mean, it just depends on like what the East is. Like, it, I think sort it's going to be bad, on, like, Chris. It's going to be bad. Well, yeah, but like, let's say like, let's say like the Hornets are like better, more competent, and well coached, yeah. and like good defensively. Like maybe that dooms the Bulls, yeah. right? Like maybe and like maybe Parker is just like a terrible fit at the three. Like that to me seems pretty possible. And like he has like a half of recorded trying on defense time in the NBA. Yeah, I get, like if you're looking at last year's playoff teams, I think there's probably only one spot up for grabs if everything kind of goes to plan, and that's the Cavs. And then it's probably between the Pistons, Hornets, and Bulls, right? And maybe, like, yeah, those are the three teams I would say are probably in the running. Maybe the Bulls are the third favorite of those teams, but I think the Bulls are clearly better than the Knicks, Nets, Mad- Knicks, Nets Magic, and Hawks, right? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. I think at least, like, just the scoring potential, like, put them yeah. above them. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Bulls are in my number nine. Number eight for me, I think I'm missing a team that I should have in here already, but I'm not sure... Number eight's probably, oh god, this is probably where I'll put the Pacers. I guess I'll put the Pacers at eight. They uh, like we we've covered it. They are kind of the same team. Oladipo, hopefully he can be good again, and I'll watch a lot of Oladipo because he's awesome. But I don't like they're not anything new and sexy and exciting. So that's probably why I've graded them down a little bit. Who do you have eight number eight? Okay, that is the end for part one of the podcast with myself and Chris Manning. For part two, come back on Friday for uh, teams, I guess, eight through one? It's kind of a convoluted ranking we're at right now. But the last part of the, of the conversation, we'll get to teams like the Raptors, for example, and the Bucks, and a bunch of other squads that are far more interesting than the teams we just talked about. So stay tuned, and we'll be back tomorrow with the, with the conclusion of this podcast with myself and Chris Manning. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.